The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respective managements or employees. Geekshowpodcast.com, welcome to a brand new episode. Name of the episode is Granola. Uh, you'll understand why soon enough. Uh, yes, uh, everybody made it to the episode. We all had a good time. We hope you enjoy it. Of course, there's uh, this podcast is for free still and will be, as far as we can tell, for forever. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, no, this, uh, this podcast is available to you for free because of our fine sponsors. We'll thank them in a moment, but uh, there's also stuff happening at our Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Geek Show Podcast. We put up at least twice a week um, stuff you won't find here on the podcast for free. Uh, extra material, you know, some bonus stuff, uh, quizzes, characters, videos, all kinds of things happen at our Patreon. And uh, that's, that's very affordable, by the way. And thank you, folks, who are sponsoring it, uh, you know, our Patreons. Thank you for being there. We appreciate that. Uh, but uh, it's a Geek Show Podcast is the full title. Patreon.com slash Geek Show Podcast. You have to do that. Otherwise, you go to someplace scary. But this uh, podcast is available for free right now because of our fine, fine sponsors. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection, the hold service is free. And with that, you get a 10% discount on all of your purchases of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. I finally got my issues of Daredevil. Hmm. Also, Haster Games. They are one of our fine sponsors. Staying open and offering curbside service. Or you can go inside the store. It's entirely what you're comfortable with. Curbside service. You can go to HasterGames.com, shop, buy your games, and then just call when you get to the store. Someone will bring them out to your vehicle. Safe and convenient. Haster Games, locally owned and operated. They are at 6831 South State. Or go to HasterGames.com. All right. Get to this brand new episode, Granola. Pleased to enjoy. And welcome back to our respective basements. Yeah. How is everyone? It's a rumpus Uh, room. Rumpus rumpus. Another week. Hey, how was was your loving day? (laughs) Oh, yes, loving day. Yeah. That was yeah. well, it was yeah. yesterday, right? Well, as yesterday. we're as we're recording yeah. this, yes. Yeah, it's the fifty third anniversary of uh, Loving versus Virginia. Yeah, making it making it illegal to tell uh, interracial couples that they can't marry. So I hope you all commemorated it appropriately. Well, I have been for uh, quite a while now. I know. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> he commemorated it real good oh no uh, my my wife pointed out hey you were two years old when it was legal for us to finally get married i went well nice. you, your sentence structure's a little but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right i uh, hope you had a good loving day y'all yeah uh, i'll just start uh, right up and go this direction he is the producer and designated driver of the program. He is Quad T Two Tall Tony. Hey, check me out on Twitter at Quad T Tony or on the Gadget Spot Podcast. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> uh, he is Shannon Barnson. He's not doing pub quiz. Nope, not doing shit. <laughs> uh, welcome to day whatever of the endless bummer. 
Uh, I woke up yesterday in a, f like, like all freaked out because I thought it was Saturday. And I was like, shit, I gotta get to the office. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, I fucking watch TV and eat. <laughs> That's another podcast. That'll be, a, that'll be a different podcast. I fucking What's watch TV and eat. Dot com. Dot com. Uh, she just went and got her uh, soda. She is Rebecca Frost. The crisp, refreshing taste of Coca-Cola. Did you ever find that Coke cinnamon and try it? Because I never was able to. Ew. Oh, supposed ew. to be good from what I heard. <clears throat> there Sounds are two flavors. Fun, there are two flavors. I don't, I'm a goat and I'll eat anything. Um, but there are two flavors that I don't like. Cinnamon and mint. Really? And so a Coke with cinnamon in it sounds like a nightmare. Does like that a nightmare is, product? Well, does that extend to like cinnamon sugar, like cinnamon rolls and churros? No, no stuff like cinnamon bears. Oh, okay. Oh, I or see. like Fireball. I Ugh, yeah. can't do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I don't like yeah. those either. All right, uh, Jay Whitaker, do you have an opinion on cinnamon bears? I fucks with them. <laughs> you know, they they could get eight. You ever had the. You ever had the chocolate-covered cinnamon bears? I like those. Man, that's those too much. You're doing too much. Ooh, when no, I worked at the movie theater, when I worked at the movie theater, I used to eat. Um, dang it! What were they called? They weren't muddy buddies, muddy bears or something. Anyway, just the chocolate-covered gummy bears. Ooh, I would yeah, buy I know, six of those at a me. time. Ooh. We weren't yeah. allowed to have snacks as a kid. We had to like our. We didn't. We couldn't have candy. We just had carrots and celery. And uh, seeds. Boo, it's, like had, it's like we had the same mom. I was gonna say, no wonder you're so much healthier than I am. <laughs> I'm they not. The, I'm not healthy. They had the same mom. They're Lee George Cade. Hey, hey. Anyway, what's going on for Thanksgiving this year, Jay? Uh, I don't know. But I, mean, we're I know we're gonna be throwing down. <laughs> no, we have to cancel up. the 4th of July first we can't cancel Thanksgiving until we cancel the 4th of July Yeah, right. no I, I remember uh, snacks in my house it was always like depending on the year it was like oh enjoy your muesli that's your, uh, that's your snack for today is mm. muesli and then there would be the times that my mom was mad at my dad and be like enjoy this vat of chocolate we dug up from the treasury um, <laughs> you had just, a chocolate treasury? Yeah, it was wow. like so real like schizophrenic upbringing when it came to snacks. So huh. it'd be like, oh, we're vegetarians for two years. Dad just brought home Whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that explains a lot. I know. LGK at WordPress.com. I love you all. Oh, thank you so much. All right, I was, let's. Huh? That needs to be that needs to be a movie. Is Tony and the Quest for the Chocolate Treasury? <laughs> it's it's yes. just him digging up my family's house. I'm in. I am in. <laughs> I will. I will write that screenplay, but unfortunately, Tony will be played by Nicolas Cage in this. Uh, hey, I've recast you. I'm sorry. I, 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 I can't that. complain. I'd watch that. I don't. I don't know why they say I'm too tall. <laughs> uh, what? I can't forget to introduce our host, Mr. Oh. Kerry Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Gary, what's Friday. the snack of the week? Snack of the week? Yeah. Uh, it's granola. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> granola. Oh, dude, you got to bring the snacks I take my clients because I find sometimes it's easier for me to engage with my clients if they're snacking. So it's those, it's those little snack packs of crackers with the cheese at the end that you can mm. spread on them with the <laughs> yeah, stick. Yeah, there you because go. 
that's a distractible <laughs> snack. Like you can't mm. you can't riot or freak out or try to kill your case manager when you're spreading cheese on a cracker. Also, yeah. you're using the term cheese pretty generously with yeah. those. I'm playing loose and fast with the term cheese. About as cheesy exactly. as Taco Bell nacho I'm cheese. I'm sorry. Processed <laughs> cheese food product. There you yeah. go. So yeah, good. Why, why, why you, got, why you well, got granola? Are you doing like volunteer work or something? <laughs> That's like a step are you doing? Are you going trail running? What's, what's going let me, on? Let me make the you granola trail more. Running? You hiking? <laughs> me? No. Are you, let are let you me make the gr- to, Are you trying to trap hippies in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> let me make the granola more interesting for you. How about I add a little honey flavored Greek yogurt? Boom! Oh. What you got, kids at lacrosse practice? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are you trying to be heart healthy? You're trying to lower your cholesterol. <laughs> Boo. Enjoy your treat there, Karen. Uh, you think you're better than us? Uh, you got like you got like a little lanyard at a, from a convention center. <laughs> When's the next DoTerra convention? You're gonna be there. Uh, what prescriptions uh, are you selling? Get that with your Zoo Lily bathrobe. Ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is this has just been a very important lesson in stereotyping and its evils. So yes. that's uh, you, exactly this is educational. That's what we were going for. You're very active on your Pinterest account. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ew, you go to pop up shops. Ew. How, how's your I do all of those coming? things, by the way. Ew. I'm just glad you're. I'm just glad you're only supporting minority food trucks this week, Karen. Did you ever find your pinking shears? I, 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 I did. You know, I did. Right. Thank you. Actually, time out. Guys, time we out. Have, we have to meet a lot sooner so that we can like rag on each other and get it all out of our system. Are you kidding me? Like, That's the best part of every episode. <laughs> It's ridiculous. All he said was granola. I know, and right? We just, <laughs> and we were like piranhas on a on a <laughs> leg of meat. Yeah. Don't protest Whoa. Carrie's house. If, it, if it's any consolation, it's not the healthy for you granola. It's covered with oh. sugar. Oh, that's a so, little better. Okay. All you right. didn't make you, it, you didn't you didn't dry it in your own oven at one seventy five <laughs> for a week. Grow your own oats. <laughs> just, just, just drizzling carob syrup over the top because you know no chocolate in this house. <laughs> no, the the rule in this house is we have chocolate, but we're not allowed fruit in the house. It's dark chocolate. Why no? What? Why f- fruit? No fruit in Too the house. Too much sugar. Haven't Too much you sugar. heard this story? Yeah. You guys it's, don't have fruit. Uh, we don't have fruit in the house. Sue is a fruitist. She, uh, you know, it all comes with that training that she does and, and learning about foods and all that. She says fruit is essentially candy, and you shouldn't have fruit. She's a I raging have, anti-fruitite. Yes. I have, I have been, I have been getting uh, therapy for my food problems for the last three weeks, and my therapist says fruit's good. <laughs> oh, you know, it's different for different folks. My so tummy I'm, says it's good. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love. I feel it. it. I'm sorry, the story Carrie, of you've it. been de- deprived of fruit for 25 years. Oh wow! Ah. For 25 years, I've, I've wait. So that the, the, okay, I've this is this fruit. is great. I've this is great fruit. for the screenplay. Sneak fruit. I sneak fruit. Although, Guys, so, this is great for the screenplay. Because yes, then Tony right. can bust Ter- 
Tony can bust Carrie out of 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 no fruit land. Fruit jam. We'll we'll yeah, meet up. We'll jam. meet up in uh, in a dark alley, and I'll pull a banana out of my pocket <laughs> and be like, Ooh. "Here you go, Ooh. you go, Ooh, buddy. That's a porno. You go. Never watching <laughs> a porno. Do you, slap do you come home? Do you come home and she? Do, she, do you come home and she demands to smell your mouth? Let <laughs> her you smell your mouth. Is that you better strawberry. eat strawberries, motherfucker. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just lipstick. No, That's no it was some strawberry. <laughs> no, it's from another woman. It's from another woman. Is that a raspberry yeah. seed in your teeth? <laughs> it explains the scurvy, though. Uh, yes. Uh, no, she occasionally treats me like she got me some pineapple salsa just recently. She goes, here, oh, have, some, have some fruit. Have some fruit. Go ahead. Yeah, fuck I hope she throws it at you. <laughs> just throws it. Here, eat the salsa. Here, have oh, some fruit here. as a treat. Here, eat the fruit, you pussy. In these days of COVID, here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we got to raise a glass. Oh, oh, this, one, this one makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm just going to raise this mason jar your granola came in. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is another one of the big ones. This is uh, one of the big ones. Denny O'Neill. Oh, Batman. Yeah. yeah, he is the he is he reshaped the public perception of Batman in the seventies because uh, he was brought on at the time uh, after the you know the TV series and the camp and everything, and they tried to do that and it just didn't work. The, the fans were like, oh, "We're not into the campy Batman." He was brought in to make a darker, more serious. Uh, Batman uh, in the 70s, and 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 he he was the group editor throughout the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. did, yeah. He did a lot of stuff, like lots. First of all, he made the Joker and Two Face scary again. Yes, mm. and um, he he named Optimus Prime. What he he named Optimus Prime? Yeah, oh. yeah. He did the work on the like Transformers stuff. <clears throat> That's right. He, That's crazy. He named Optimus Prime. Wow. And also. He, He's also the guy, he wrote Daredevil for a while. Yes, he did, after Frank Miller. No. Mm-hmm. He handpicked Frank Miller to, to take over him, right? Daredevil after he stopped. Oh, yeah, and then I, he, I only then, know this from looking at old Daredevil pre-Frank Miller. But yeah, he yeah. was starting to ramp it up and make it gritty. And then he came, well, he came back after Frank Miller and wrote it for a bit, I, yeah. according then, to my research anyway. Yeah, but, you know. and he also, um, he wrote that... Uh, Series where uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow and Green were Arrow. traveling, oh, were traveling yeah. across the country. Like he's, yes. he's the one Dude. that he's the one that made Speedy a heroin addict. Yeah, yeah. So he was a big deal, man. He was a very big deal. Uh, he uh, inv- reinvigorated Green Lantern, Green Arrow, uh, uh, Batman. Um, serendipitously, the same month that Batman himself debuted in comics, he was born in 1939. Uh, he uh, began his comics career as Stan Lee's assistant in the mid 60s. And then in the late 60s as a writer on Charlton Comics and would work periodically for Marvel and DC. But he struck gold with Batman and the Green Lantern, Green Arrow series in the 70s. Uh, He also was the guy who wrote one of my favorite Batman stories. The, uh, The comic frames pictures has the Joker with a crowbar. Yeah, beating, beating the living shit out of Jason Todd. I mean, yeah. and it's brutal, and they're not holding back. It's it's bloody, and it's just like there's no way Jason can live from this, right? Well, then the final page of the comic was a big one piece thing, and it said, uh, "You are going to decide whether Robin lives or dies. 
call this oh. number. Call, call this it. number if if you want him to live, and then call this other number if you want him to die. He oh, was the like he that. was the writer for that. He wrote yeah. that. Oh wow! Yeah. That was his guy. thing. And oh then, yeah, they killed him. Oh God! No, every everyone I know, we, uh, we all we all hated Jason Todd. Uh, so, was kind of a whiny ass. So I think I called that number seventeen. Six, six, 16, 16, 17 times to kill him. I know I did at least twice a day for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> My God, you're monsters. I know. So he's he's one of the last of the dudes that knew all of the uh, CIA shit that was going on in Stan's office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. He, he was yeah, there for that. So much of that stuff. I mean, uh, even all the way down to Black Widow being based off of a real Russian spy. Those were people that were always in Stan's office. So if he mm-hmm. was in there in the mid '60s, that dude—I mean, this is this is shit that's disappearing as these guys die off, right? Nobody knows mm-hmm. how much of uh, Marvel Comics in the '60s, early '70s was trying to be repurposed as U.S. propaganda to try to, you know, steer people away from being mad about the Vietnam mm-hmm. War. Propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we he- knew him. He uh, later co-created the character of Azrael with Joe Casada, okay. uh, and uh, he uh, let's see. There's a whole bunch of them here. Massive success in the '90s. Long-running titles uh, based on Nightwing, Robin, Azrael, Catwoman. Uh, he he took point in writing Azrael. He uh, was in charge of the Nightfall crossover. Uh, that was kind of his mastermind. Uh, there's just a, a long list. He, he worked at Marvel. Uh, he worked on characters like Spider-Man and Daredevil. He helped develop characters like Obadiah Stane. Uh, Lady Deathstrike was his. Uh, Madam Web. Uh, he uh, just... Uh, his final published work will be an installment in the uh, Joker 80th Anniversary Special that was just released uh, by DC. I can't believe you're not mentioning the greatest piece he wore, that he wrote. Which was? Uh, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Well, that's oh right. He did, write that. he did write that. Who won? Um, I, I hope Muhammad Ali. I mean, <laughs> well, Google. Wait, it how is quick. he going to cheat? Yeah, no, it's it's. Well, we've it's already established. In, uh, we've already Google's. established how Hulk beats Superman, right? Yeah. Because if how? Hulk and Superman fought long enough, there would be so much debris in the air that it would mm-hmm. actually block out Earth's yellow sun, so Superman wouldn't have powers anymore. <laughs> Who made that? That's mm. nonsense. Come on. This guy right here. Because there was an episode <laughs> of the Superman series, of the animated series, where pollution was so intense that it blocked out yeah. Earth's yellow sun and Superman wasn't as strong. So, using that logic, if Hulk and Superman fought for long enough, there would be so much debris, dust, and particulate matter in the sky that there wouldn't be enough yellow sunlight coming in to power Superman anymore. You think, you think they wouldn't suffocate first? No, because yeah. they can hold their breath indefinitely. Yeah, or the both, or both the planet can. would just, de- but Earth would be just dis- completely destroyed. Oh, if there was yeah, that much I, I mean collateral damage. <laughs> They'd both be like you know terrible people at that point because everything would <laughs> but, be dead. But, but exactly, I mean, Superman wouldn't let that happen. He would he would figure he could, out a way to get to the negative zone or some shit. And, ah, but you throw in you throw in a time travel paradox, and they may have actually had that fight, and that's what killed the dinosaurs. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, <laughs> found it. Fourth there it is. Fourth round knockout, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali beat Superman. Yep. Awesome. How? How uh, I, well, I, think they, I, mean, I think they kryptonited him a little bit or something. There's probably like fair play rules or something. So then cheated. They cheated? 
No, they just made it a level playing field. Yeah, you got to make it a level. And on a level playing you know, field, Muhammad Ali would just wipe the floor with Superman. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, Denny, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams did the art. So that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Neil Adams. Uh, he and Neil Adams worked together for quite a while. I, I have an issue of theirs right here, as a matter of ah. fact. Yeah. Guys, Wikipedia is wild. Jimmy Jimmy Olsen leads his friend Clark Kent (parentheses secretly Spider-Man). No, and, it, it says Superman. <laughs> or Superman, sorry, secretly <laughs> Superman. Oh. Who? What? What? Clark Kent? Spoiler. <clears throat> Did not know. So I, right. I love I love the Superman versus Muhammad Ali cover because it's like you can see Lex Luthor and uh, Batman outside the ring watching yeah. the fight. Just you like can cheering. also see, I think very clearly, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, let me see. Really? Yeah, he was. He there's was like president. a bunch of celebrities. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them there on the cover. Yeah. If you look, you can Is Google Bo image that. Might not have quite been her time yet. It was always Bo Derek's time. <laughs> I just want I just right. want y'all to know yeah, that. Uh, Happy Loving Day. All right. Uh, my, huh? My Go favorite, ahead. Uh, my favorite Bo Derek uh, thing ever was that Tarzan the Ape Man. Oh yeah. Then, do you remember the? It's just so disgusting. And then yeah. remember the end, the end credits, that uh, the cheetah, the big monkey, was just manhandling her on the beach, just like. <laughs> Just like dragging her around, and, and I was like, when I was even as a kid, I was like, "Is that monkey gonna fuck Bo Derek?" <laughs> what? Uh, I, I have a horrible memory related with that movie. Uh, I was in L.A. and it was like we we had two hours to kill, and it was hot, and so it was like air conditioning. Oh, the only thing playing is this. Oh God, it's terrible. Did you uh, see that with like your family? No, it was with Bill. <laughs> oh, wow! We were we were waiting to interview. Um, oh, damn! Uh, forgot his name. He uh, on Mash Colonel uh, the first uh, one in charge. Uh, hello, oh. hello, Larry. The guy that wore the fishing hat all the time. Henry yeah. Blake. Henry, Henry Blake. Yeah, who was the actor's name? We were waiting uh, to interview him. And Henry for Blake. What? If, well, he he was just available to us. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was, was like there. A, he was a celebrity that we knew and we could get. Now, uh, I, I only saw that movie on cable when I was a kid in the basement. Yeah. So I have wonderful memories of that. Enough to keep witches young forever, Shannon? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love geek code. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, DC is releasing a celebratory detective comics issue in September. Uh, it's a 144-page anthology marking 1,000 issues since Batman debuted in, wow. in, in 1939. 1,000 issues That's crazy. since his debut. Uh, this is a 144-page issue featuring uh, writing from Greg Rucka, Tom King, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Marv Wolfman, uh, let's see, uh, Mariko Tamiki, Bill Sinkowitz, Chip Zdarsky, Walt Simonson, Edward. There's a huge list here. They got but Scott Snyder in there. Zdarsky. I uh, do not see Scott Snyder. Does not mean he's not there. Oh, okay. Uh, but, he's written uh, yeah. some really good Batman stuff. Yeah, so that'll be released September first, as far as we know, because well, they're they're sending comic books back to the store. So, we'll get that. And uh, Marvel has released uh, uh, their delayed free comic book day issues. They're going to be releasing them in July. Uh, your free comic book uh, issues. Um, 
uh, Free Comic Book Day 2020 X-Men will hit the stands first. They're going to release them like, you know, weekly instead of all at once, uh, featuring a new story by uh, Jonathan Hickman. Uh, a week later, Free Comic Book Day uh, 2020 Spider-Man Venom will feature two stories. Uh, so your Free Comic Book Day stuff's going to start coming back to the comic book stores in July. All right. Nice. Um, now, before we take a break, has anyone seen the Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer? Oh, I haven't I have. watched it yet. I have not. Yes. You have? I, I don't know how they did that last shot. <laughs> I just don't know how. <clears throat> which which shot? Which shot are the, you referring to? The uh, dark Bill and Ted. With oh, the I haven't seen the Bill full one then. Oh, oh, you mean when the, the when they're in prison? Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, have you heard our, hey, dude, have you heard our song? They're like, yeah, it was a little dark. And I'm like, okay, they're not even commenting on the fact that these two are fucking more ripped than Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I never had a lot invested in the Bill and Ted movies. I love those uh, movies. I did. I did. fucking have never did. seen them. I liked the first one. <laughs> so I love the second one. You're yeah. sunk of a battleship. So I think I... I think I kind of need to rewatch it because part of what pissed me off is they're building this up as like, okay, these guys are going to save the universe and usher in this new era of peace from all mankind from the greatest song ever written. And it was not even a remotely good song. What the all. fuck? God, Wait, gave, God rock gave rock and roll, and roll, roll to you? God gave fuck? rock and God roll, roll to you. Yeah. That is. That, that's Kiss. Cool. That's Kiss? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know that shit. Yeah, I mean, so that, like, I was there, like eight. It wasn't even ironically up. good. <laughs> well, that's where you're wrong. Oh, and that's uh, it's opinion, right? It's, it's because of you, you uh, naysayers that were not united under Bill and Ted's banner. I just wanted a better, greatest song ever written. That's all. Yikes. Right yeah. <laughs> yo, hey, yo, t- tell me this real song quick. saved the world? Yeah. Allegedly. Well, okay. So, Jay? so I, I remember when I first discovered this movie because I was uh, staying at my grandma's house in Kansas City, Missouri, and it was like they played this round the clock on HBO or Showtime or whatever else. And so I watched this, and then she had a bunch of, like, uh, Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies tapes, so I would watch nice. those two. And that's how I stayed in shape. <laughs> that's awesome. I had a... And step, and kick, and ball change, and punch, and twist, and move it around, and here we go! Save the world, guys. If only you could see Lee's face. He's trying to stab himself through his glasses. What if they played this song during like the Matrix? Like as he's fighting, as he's just like he's just doing all that shit. My, my favorite, uh, my favorite line from the trailer is, uh, uh, "What happened to you guys? You you played a uh, a concert in front of the universe, and last week." You played to it 40 people in a bar in Barstow. They were there because hey. they wanted $1 tacos. I was going to say, Barstow, Barstow's a rough crowd. Yeah. I mean, every time I've played Barstow, whoo, it gets rough. Amen. All right. 
Let's no, I take mean, a break. I mean, just, I mean, seriously, <clears throat> the greatest song ever recorded, ever ever performed, is an arena anthem. I yeah. Don't... <laughs> the greatest just, song. Let's be real. The greatest song in the world was Tenacious D. You guys. That's no, what no, I thought. Right? No, 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 no. That was no, just, that was a, just tribute a tribute. Tribute. Yeah, to the Tony. greatest song in the Fuck world. Yeah, Tony. I know. I'm not referencing tribute. Kay. I'm referencing the original song that they're singing about. Guys. Ah, but, okay. Yeah, and they're definitely the song tribute is not a tribute to that Bill and Ted song. No, it is not. What if? Because up and, so care. up until that point, the Bill and Ted the Bill and Ted song was the greatest song of all time, right? And right. then the devil showed up, and Cage and JB played the greatest song in the world, and That's then right. they aren't. So that took but, over but then from they the Bill and Ted song. How to sing it? Well, they couldn't recreate it. It's tribute. not that they forgot it; it's that they couldn't recreate ah, it. So right, they had right. to write a tribute to the song because the song itself was too awesome for human ears. But yes. it wasn't that song. There's just no way it could have been. No, that's not well, what no, she's no, saying. No, no, there's not. Yeah. She's saying that's and the it's a new also, best song. when the devil agreed to be their drummer, did they have to travel to a crossroads to find him? Mm. Well, yeah, that's the only places the devil can appear in the mortal realm is at crossroads. Yeah. Don't you at know? The mall? In Georgia. <laughs> oh, in Georgia. Oh. In Georgia, oh. when he's looking for a soul to steal. See, that's hard because when I was like 16, I remember hanging out at Crossroads Mall and there was a guy named Worm who would show up. He had Worm tattooed on his forehead and he had Fuck all yeah, Worm! shaved. And, and he had these horns. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, the devil is at Crossroads. Did you know that guy cut so. off his own dick? Yeah. At least yeah. that's what we were told. I, uh, I, I, when I was 15, he kicked me in the face. It was pretty amazing. And the only reason why he could reach my face is because he was being carried on the shoulders of seven security guards to get him out of the mall. <laughs> now, regarding what you said, Shannon, yeah. is his nickname still Worm then? I oh, think he's, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, so, and you know what we knew? That would mean his, nick, say, his nickname now around, is, uh, it's Worms. He would walk around downtown <laughs> in a purple Speedo. Yeah. And, uh. And he carried around a sex doll sometimes. Okay. And one time, one time I saw oh, him. He's wearing. One time I saw him. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit and handcuffs. I have no idea where he got them. But yeah, he had worm tattooed on his forehead. So yeah. you always Very you knew who. Cool. He knew his name, right? right. Well, so. and we'll we'll Never go a to stranger. We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna go to break with what is in fact the greatest song ever written. We'll just take a break here. It's one <laughs> is the loneliest number is that you'll ever do. Oh, wait, wait. I'm getting. Oh, no, it's not the greatest song. Yeah, okay. That's oh, sorry. That's right. Sorry. After, After these, these messages, messages, we'll be right, right back. It's June at Dr. Volts, and new issues are coming in every week. And they've decided to bring you the back issue blowout sale. All month long at Dr. Volts Comics, back issues are 20 to 50% off. So if you've had your eye on one of their many Golden or Silver Age comics, take 20% off all prices marked back issues, and take 50% off of thousands of back issues, with new comics being added every week. Don't miss out on Dr. Volts Comics' back issue blowout sale all month long. Hold services free, and with that you get a 10% discount on all of your purchases of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake. It's Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. 
furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. And we're back. All right. Uh, Let's see. Now, I got a lot of broken news here. Uh, But before we do that, if you don't mind, uh, our friend Chad Harden. Hey, Chad. uh, Love him. He's got his new Kickstarter going. The Art of Chad Harden, Volume 3, is live until July 3rd. Inside the book, you'll find some of uh, his best art, including illustrations, covers, sequential pages, uh, concept art commission, uh, filled with new artwork from his last year, as well as some classics that uh, he couldn't fit into Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, 60-page hardbound beauty, perfect for anybody who's a fan of comics, comic art, or just a fan of Chad. Uh, so uh, go ahead to Kickstarter and look for it. The Art of Chad Harden, Volume 3. I'm going I right him there, because I'm, there's I'm going that, right there like, now. There's like that Sailor Moon art style challenge, like redraw Sailor Moon in your art style or whatever. Mm-hmm. I messaged Chad because I want to see his version because I think his version would look so – I just love his art style. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, I haven't, but i got to get around to it. Anyway, friendly <laughs> reminder, Chad, I want to see it. <laughs> I'm looking All at right. it right now, and it looks great. Yeah, he does yeah, some good just, work. Let's support him. He's great. So it's, it's really a shame, though, that he can't draw women. Uh, what? <laughs> Stop uh, what? <laughs> uh, well, he certainly can draw members of uh, the Geek Show panel. He has drawn yes, Jeff and Jimmy and Shannon in in comic books. Yep. All right. I'm when canon. he draws black people, I just pretend it's me. You, uh, Shannon, <laughs> Shannon is canon in the Harley Quinn universe. Yep. Well, that's which makes DC. him... Which makes him canon in the DC universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. he's a play, he is a playable character. A Captain Worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, HBO. HBO. <sighs> That's their theme song now. It is? Yeah. I like it. I like it a Royalties. lot. Royalties. It's so much better than that oh, thing that they have now. Uh, okay. Now, we had the whole couple of weeks ago... HBO Go, HBO Max, HBO this, HBO that. And now HBO is changing the name of one of their branded services because no one can tell the difference between them. Well, yeah. I can't say this isn't a smart move. (laughs) HBO Go is going away completely. Yeah. And HBO Now will be known simply as HBO. Yes. Well, and this is how it should be, because you got HBO now by signing up for HBO through your cable provider, right? So just call it HBO. HBO Max is everything HBO Go had and regular HBO plus extra stuff. And it's the same price that HBO Go was. So you might as well just get rid of HBO Go, everyone on HBO Max, and if you still want to sign up through your your cable provider, go HBO. See, here's the thing is that on this podcast, on this little Zoom call, Tony explained why it's confusing in nothing flat. But there were how many people that were at these meetings when they were creating the goddamn thing? These are at least 17 paragraphs describing what it is. You've got to realize the only reason why any of this shit even exists in the first place is because it took them four fucking years to realize they could cut down on piracy on Game of Thrones by making the show available for streaming in less than a year. Exactly. Because that was was their pattern. For four fucking seasons, you had to wait until the the DVD set came out the following year before they would stream any of that shit so it got pirated and they're like oh 
Well, there's nothing we can do about that. But I'm going back to the beginning of this thing. Oh, yeah. When they yeah. decided that they needed a streaming service, there had to have been at least one person in that room who said, this is confusing. And then right. all you the other people... You know who that person was? Yeah. That probably. was a millennial, and they <laughs> all ignored him. <laughs> and they all ignored him. Right. And all the other guys with their degrees in advertising and all this bullshit, they were like, ah, it'll be fine. They'll figure it out. These tech-savvy kids, they'll figure it out. No, it's, it was confusing for everyone. But Carrie, These tech-savvy know... kids don't like to read. Exactly. And Carrie, you know exactly what that boardroom looked like. It's the yeah. old guys in suits yep, yep, that, yep. you know, they may have been revolutionaries when they first brought HBO to the fore, but they haven't changed a goddamn thing since then. Yep. And that's just the way it goes. And, uh, you know, it's it's amazing because with all the money they're saving on uh, whatever HBO service is leaving, they can maybe take that money and shove it down J.K. Rowling's mouth to shut her up long enough. That, uh, <laughs> we'll all get she to had that. to do, all J.K. Rowling had to do was sit there and enjoy <laughs> yep. being rich. Exactly. That's she all she had she, to do. She can't do that. She we'll doesn't bad, do that. Okay. How we'll, bad we'll, we'll get how bad? We'll get to that. How bad yeah. did you fuck up when everybody who was ever in any of your movies turns around and says, oh, no, you're wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to J.K. Rowling coming up. But, uh, yeah, so this in, HBO Go will go away entirely by July 31st. If you subscribe through your cable provider or a service like Apple or Hulu, you can just log on to HBO Max and continue on with your life and have access to that large library of stuff. But, yeah. Here, here's what I did. I did subscribe through, through my cable. And then I, uh, I shut it off, and I got HBO Max because it was five dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you get the, the, <laughs> the first year is five dollars a month cheaper if you switch yeah. over. Yep. yep. And you still get all the HBOs. All right. I think I just change it to HBO what and call it a day. Or HBO, HBO. question mark. <laughs> HBO. The evolution of HBO's apps sounds like a command to a dog. Go now, Max. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. A dog's life on Disney Plus. Have you guys watched a dog's life on Disney Plus? Yeah, I have. I audibly exclaimed, wow, like a dang child because they're so cool. Speaking of uh, Disney Plus, uh, I turned it on yesterday to watch the new Mandalorian thing. And. uh, the Artemis Fowl movies on there. I'm like, yeah, okay, I saw here, that. They just dropped got, that with no fanfare. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, they, I mean, they, they they announced like a month ago that they were going to put it on. Yeah, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, but and, they didn't like promote it. They didn't oh, do no, anything no. to that's be because, like Artemis Fowl. And, and yeah. I, I I called this. I called this a month and a half ago when we talked about it. I believe I said maybe it's not that good. And so they decided to just <laughs> throw it on streaming. I've it's seen a bunch of commercials. I've seen a bunch of commercials for it on ABC. Yeah. I did, I did it's too. Not really on that ABC. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I guess like because sh- I don't have like commercials or anything. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like a shitty Kenneth Branagh movie, which is weird. <laughs> and it's <laughs> oh, did he, or did he direct it? He directed it. He directed it. it. And oh. it's a, and it's a dang shame because I read all those great. books when I was younger yeah. and I really liked them. Now I watched about forty minutes of it. I got bored. Uh, you like, did. Oh, okay. Well, well they the, completely the, they completely re- retooled basically everything about it. Well, the only like the only thing that's, the only thing that's the same is Artemis Fowl is is a genius. He has yeah. a, uh, a protector his, whose name is Butler, a bodyguard, and his dad uh, gets kidnapped. Well, and the dwarf that the dwarf that uh, can unhinge his jaw and, and burrow through the earth, he's in it, but he just looks like a fat he's, short dude because he's a maybe giant also, dwarf maybe they yeah. also read the room and were like maybe what america doesn't need right now is a little white savior boy 
Hmm. Uh, or they know something yeah. about movie theaters that no one wants to pay attention to. Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe it's all these things. I don't all know. of yeah. these things. But I don't still, know. no new mutants. It's coming, I swear. No, it, it, it's coming. It's coming. 30-30. Yeah, 30-30. Yeah, sure. Go now, 30, Max. 30. Uh, speaking of that, uh, more delays and reschedulings. Wonder Woman 84. It should have. We should have I seen it that. by now and... <sighs> And went, that was great, and left the theater uh, by now. Uh, but, but we uh, all get to see Wonder Woman 84 and Black Widow in, like, the same month. Ooh. Right? In October it might be or that. Like yeah. yeah uh, Wonder Woman 84, happen. yeah, has been moved to October 2nd. Uh, and uh, that is because Tenant, Christopher Nolan's movie, is now opening, opening July 31st, allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. the, that's the did one that guess, I don't get. Did it's you guys like, hear the soundtrack to that? To, uh, yeah, I, that's exactly it. I, I heard it leak the other day. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Christopher Nolan. If it you ain't know? fit, right. if it ain't broke. <laughs> hey, this works. I don't, um, I, I don't understand yeah. why they think two weeks is going to make a difference. Hey, if things are still terrible in the middle of July, they'll probably be fine by the end of July. We'll just push it back two weeks. Yeah, I, I just it's don't like, understand. What? I, yeah, I don't understand a lot of this. So the movie theaters, like I was reading a report about uh, from LA about how movie theaters were uh, going to be opening soon, and here's what we're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but well, you, I doubt you'll have a movie. You might have Tenant. Uh, you know, but <laughs> you know what, my canary in the coal mine for all of this shit is, I have clients that are in the criminal justice system. All of their court dates keep getting pushed back. Yeah, indefinitely. Yeah. And so, go. if there's no court. You shouldn't go to a movie theater because they're keeping judges safe. So why shouldn't you keep yourself safe? So, exactly. I mean, seriously, I, I work I work with a couple of criminals who have been waiting to see a judge since February. And they're just like indefinitely pushed back a month at a time. So court's mm -hmm. closed. Well, don't go and, to the theater. And if you look at all the you know precautions that they're taking, uh, allegedly, it's 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 there's no way they're going to be operating at a profit. I mean, right. That's the other crazy yeah. part. Mm. They're re-releasing re Inception uh, on the seventeenth into theaters with a Whoa. special with a special sneak peek of Tenant. <laughs> uh, and so, whether people will go to the theater or not remains to be seen. But uh, also, uh, the Matrix movie now released on April second, twenty twenty two, moved from May twenty first, twenty twenty one, which will now be Godzilla versus Kong. Wow. Confusing, I know, but they pushed uh, it back so, a whole year. Oh wow! Well, and it's it's hard because last night, like I I live downtown, so I went for a walk last night through the downtown area, through all the bars, all the restaurants, and everything else. Uh, you wouldn't know that Utah has the second highest COVID rate in the country right now because, god damn it, everybody's out there and they're cutoffs. No one's wearing a mask. Uh, the restaurants are packed, and I don't even think they're distancing the tables anymore. They're just like. We can get See, everybody in here. We're going to do That's the it. crazy part. You go to coronavirus.utah.gov has all of this information. You can see our curve ever since the beginning of June. We're at double or more every day new reported yeah. cases than we were mm -hmm. before, yeah. the, before the beginning of June. Because y'all opened up too uh, fucking exa fast. Exactly. But, I hey, see. Those, those 11 girls in front of Sapa last night, they needed to show off those cutoff pants, and there's no fucking way they were staying home to do that. I had to go to Target because I, mean... I have to go to Target <laughs> once a month to get my prescription, and I I am bad at peer pressure, gang. Like, I will cave to peer pressure so quickly. 
not I didn't at Target, but like no one was wearing masks except yeah. the employees because the employees have to. But like no one else was wearing yeah. masks. Yeah, it's true. Hey Rebecca, you want to try some acid? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, all the cool kids are. Boy, doing she wasn't it. kidding. I know she wow. came. I came. Like I that. came so easy. Hey Rebecca, hey. you want to practice social distancing and wear a mask in public? Heck yeah! Is everyone all else right. doing it? No. Hey. No. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. Hey. Hey, Rebecca. You want mm-hmm. some granola? It's a healthy snack. Oh no, thanks. My <laughs> parents and teachers told me to say no. Just say no to granola. From the president's council on just say no to granola. <laughs> just say grano. Grano. Ah, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> so is your appetite. No la. All right. Uh, now, if that gave you the creeps, uh, this should give you more creeps. Uh, Disneyland. Uh, apparently, downtown Disney is is open. Uh, the entire park, including California Adventure, they say they're going to open on July seventeenth. Wow. Uh, the the hotels are aiming to reopen July twenty third. Uh, they're counting on the summer. Uh, you know, because in the in the hot weather, apparently this virus does not do well, and so they're counting on it in the hot weather going away a bit. Uh, well, I, but, I can tell you, June was hotter than May, and yeah. we've doubled our cases every mm-hmm. year. Yeah, we're spiking. <laughs> and uh, here's the here's the disturbing part of the story. Once reopened, the park's capacity will be significantly limited, so attendance will be managed through a new theme park reservation system. I'm sure. I'm sure that will go well. Uh, <laughs> we'll require all guests, including annual pass holders, uh, to obtain reservation for a park in in advance, uh, according to uh, reservations. Strict health and safety measures will be put in place, such as an assumed mask and temperature check requirement, social distancing measures designated, parades and character meet and greets suspended. Uh, the same thing is happening whoa, whoa, at Disney whoa. World. Whoa, if I can't go see that cheesy-ass parade every night, I'm not fucking going. <laughs> well, don't go this year, then. No, because no, if the parade's suspended, you don't have that magical hour and a half where you can just run around and get in every ride. <laughs> so you're that's telling, what happens. Yeah. So you're telling me that every ride in the park is going to be wiped down. Between every between run. Between every run. See, well, holy crap. And that's why I still won't, I still won't eat inside... Uh, like fast food places, because yeah. I guarantee that all of those booths are not getting wiped down after every right. person's because been in there. Because that that middle that minimum wage kid is thinking, exactly. Uh, yeah. I bet, yeah, they don't. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, it's I no know. no knock on them or anything, but they no. they're paid minimum wage to try and worry about disinfecting the whole thing. Come on, yeah. exactly. I do know how God you gave rock and roll ride. to you, but fast food will give you COVID. Exactly. I yes. know. I know how you keep the rides clean and you keep the park safe, though. You just install a sprinkler at the end of the run that just sprays disinfectant over the car and the people in it at the end of every ride. That is genius. <laughs> right. So everybody stays clean, no COVID, and you might get drunk. That you sounds could, safe. They could do. I mean, okay, so if we actually thought about, got down to the nuts and bolts of this, if they installed uh, very high-powered UV lamps at yeah. the... At the uh, like end of the tunnel for whatever the ride I, is. I have to stop you right there. If they install Andrew UV lights, lights at Disneyland, you're going to see some shit on Goofy's pants. You don't want to see. <laughs> but oh they God. they they I run the they run the that. ride with people on there, and then they yeah. run it by itself, so it goes through the UV thing, 
and disinfects it, and then they put another load of people on. I don't think they would do it, but, I mean, that is one possible that would, scenario. That would have to be some serious uh, high UVs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To the point be, where it's, like, blinding people. Yeah. I yeah. think the only way that works is if it's, light, you know, UV light bulbs that go up your ass, so you can get that UV <laughs> oh, inside that was, you. Inside out. <laughs> no, that was Trump's idea. That was Trump's right. idea. So we need to consult him. He's the best mind we've got. He has a great brain. Free bleach injections on every corner. Yep. All right. Um, Evil Dead. Ha-ha! So Bruce Campbell was recently interviewed, and he revealed that uh, Lee Cronin, the hole-in-the-ground director, has been hired to write and direct Evil Dead Now. Oh, so he's borrowing it from HBO now. It's it's like it's moved (laughs) over there. You have to sign up for this one separately. $12 a month. Uh, he says this is the next film in the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, he's uh, he's writing and directing. It's called Evil Dead Now. Sam Raimi handpicked him. Uh, he did a cool movie called The Hole in the Ground. We're going to get that sucker out as soon as practical. Uh, Evil Dead Now will have no narrative ties to either the original Evil Dead trilogy or the remake in 2013. He says it's uh, from this point forward, they kind of have to stand on their own. Uh, so that means Ash will not be in it. Oh, this is a total reboot then. Yeah. That yeah. hole in that hole in the ground movie though is it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good it's one. A, the whole thing with Evil Dead is so strange too because Sam Raimi owns the franchise, but Bruce Campbell owns Ash. So like <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. So I didn't that's know the whole that. reason yeah, that's you can do all the Evil Dead him. you want, but if you want Ash, which is, you know, Evil, Evil, Dead, Evil Dead, yeah. You kinda have to have Bruce Campbell involved. So <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird little thing, but I think that was the gift. Go ahead and do these two movies. The first two movies he made nothing for, and I think the first movie took five years to film. And so they're like, okay, well, you can you can have the the character of Ashley, and uh, that's that's yours to keep There's, forever. It's really interesting uh, uh, a, the story of how all that happened from Bruce Campbell's point of view in his book, If Chins Could Kill. That's a, it's a it's a good it's biography. A good book. It's, it's a good very read. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of reading, uh, I. I need. I want to borrow this book from you guys. The from a certain point of view, uh, book. I have the audio book version. Can you loan it to me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can and give you a copy. Oh, it's narrated by Jim J. Bullock. Jim J. Bullock. What from a certain Jesus point of view Christ. is narrated by a bunch of different people. Oh, I was. I, you got me excited there. I was. I know. I can't even remember who that is. Yeah. You, yeah. Exactly. I gotta look him up. <laughs> don't uh but uh, the from a certain point of view that was the uh anthology format uh for a new hope uh they're doing the same thing for empire strikes back now oh so excited yes uh, they uh star wars <laughs> empire strikes back 40th anniversary uh from a certain point of view uh will launch in november uh it's going to bring together 40 stories from 40 different authors all weaving in and out of the chrono- chronological events of empire adding context to certain scenes, telling new stories. Uh, That's going to so. be weird because there's uh, there's one scene from the old extended universe that I kind of need to stay current, and that's the uh, Boba Fett blowing away IG-88 in the Bespin smelter room. I just, I just know that we're going to get a Will Rowe Hood story. I know nice. that. Because oh, you, you, know. you remember this. They did, the, they did the, the Bounty Hunter book, and there's a showdown because all of the bounty hunters from the Star Destroyer bridge are chasing Han Solo. And you can actually see in Empire Strikes Back in the Ugnaught smelter room, there's there's IG-88 
or a similar robot leaning up against a wall. And somebody caught that. So they wrote this narrative of IG-88 and Boba Fett getting in this battle before Boba Fett ended up being the one that, that captured Han Solo for Vader. And was that in the Bounty Hunter book or the comic book? It was. I. It could have been everything. I have no idea. I mean, it's been <laughs> it's been a quarter century since all that shit happened. So I just remember enjoying reading the Bounty Hunter book, but I just I've retained no knowledge. Right, because it was fluff. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was fluffy and easily digestible. There's a channel on YouTube that has put together a compilation of all of the deleted scenes from the Star Wars movies, and the one on. Uh, episode two on attack of the clones it's like 16 minutes of deleted footage and it's all finished like the special effects are finished and everything so it was this close to being in the movie and it makes anakin and padme's relationship 100 percent less creepy really yeah so i didn't think I, that was it, possible i don't think i'm into that it established <laughs> it establishes their relationship so that it doesn't quite look like he uh force roofied her oh okay <laughs> or the fact that she was like 10 years older than well, well was, they were well. both consenting adults at this point. I mean, still, though. She I'm, was, like, I'm, crushing on him. Like, when he, when he said, this is pod racing. She yeah. wasn't crushing on him. They actually have a scene from the deleted scenes in episode two where her mom is giving her shit about crushing on Anakin. And she's like, I am not. He's just this boy I've known for ten years. Deleted scene, non-canon, non-canon. Yeah, yeah, right there. Jay's got it. Non-canon. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay, so so non -canon. I have some important, important breaking news. Oh, yeah. before we go to break. Yeah, um, this is tweeted out at 7.22 in the morning by Nickelodeon, the network, Nickelodeon. Oh, uh -huh. SpongeBob SquarePants is a homosexual. Officially. He's a gay boy. Oh. Yes. That's canon. He and Patrick got married and raised a baby together. That was also in a deleted scene. No, it's a whole episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is. It's it was straight a... from Nickelodeon. Straight from Nickelodeon. No yes. joke? All right. No there joke. You go. Well, I, that, I didn't say it, so it's obviously true. That episode <laughs> that episode when they play a married couple with a baby clam, it's I believe it amazing. is. amazing. It's a great right episode. There. One of the best gags ever is the uh, diaper gag, where he keeps oh. showing them where he hides all the dirty diapers. <laughs> uh, I love Spongebob. I imagine there are some parents whose heads are exploding right about now. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously sure. they didn't see the episode where Patrick and Spongebob got married and raised a baby. Because it wouldn't have been a surprise. Or that one episode where uh, Squidward uh, taught um, Spongebob how to dock. <laughs> what? I don't know if I saw that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, bro. I don't see this. All I it's see a, is a picture it's a, of. It's a nautical move. It's a. Huh. Right. Huh. All right. I mean, what, what, okay. What's the matter, Jay? I just. It don't. I mean, it just shows SpongeBob looking very uh, prideful, but. Yeah, but read read the above what it says. Uh, okay. All right. My All bad. Right, okay. we, we can talk about this during the break. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll we'll come back. Yeah. Uh, now that we know. After, After these messages, messages, we'll be right, be right back. 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 Feeling cooped up at home? Are you not entertained? For the best selection of board games, magic, Dungeons and Dragons, figurine painting sets, puzzles, and more, Haster has it. Our friends at Haster Games are staying open and offering curbside service. Or you can also go into the store. While you're spending more time at home, Haster has hundreds of great family games, two-player games, 
and solo games in stock. Now with curbside service, you can go to hastergames.com to shop and buy your games, and then just call them when you get to the store and someone will bring it out to your vehicle. Safe and convenient. Haster has open board gaming all the time, so you can demo any one of the games from their 300 games library before you buy. Haster Games is locally owned and operated. They're located at 6831 South States. They're open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday and noon to 5 on Sunday. Haster Games, we're all in this together. It's June at Dr. Volt's, and new issues are coming in every week. And they've decided to bring you the back issue blowout sale all month long at Dr. Volt's Comics. Back issues are 20 to 50% off. So if you've had your eye on one of their many Golden or Silver Age comics, take 20% off all prices marked back issues, and take 50% off of thousands of back issues with new comics being added every week. Don't miss out on Dr. Volt's Comics back issue blowout sale all month long. Hold services free, and with that you get a 10% discount on all of your purchases of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake. It's Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. I'm JD. And I'm Peterson. And we're two-thirds of the 3-Bit Gamer Show. Don't worry about the other third. Yeah, seriously. Don't ask questions. Just listen to the 3-Bit Gamer Show for games, laughs, and Fred Durst. Find the 3-Bit Gamer Show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we're back. Okay. I need to. I need to get this... Are, are, are you ready? Here we go. Letters. Sometimes we get letters, and then we answer them. Whoa. There we go. I'll wake you up. Sorry. It's a little loud. I'm with the shit. A little loud. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Nathan has written a letter. Nathan? Uh, he, Nathan? Uh, he starts with the question that he wants answered, but then he gives some, some what context. What is love? <laughs> Tell me. And uh, why do people that hate the new movies, Star Wars movies, love The Mandalorian? That's his big question. But then he goes on. He, he, says, <laughs> he says, we watched all of the movies except Solo in the weeks before the release of Rise of Skywalker. I actually think Attack of the Clones is, good, as, is as good as New Hope or Jedi. The big difference is that Harrison Ford is a charming mofo and Hayden Christensen is not. Yeah. Uh, the well, prequel, <laughs> the prequels, the, the prequels have some of the best lightsaber fight scenes and good space battles. The space battle at the end of Rogue One is also great. All of the movies needed need to be edited. Okay, here's here's where I kind of disagree with him. Uh, the whole scene with the Falcon landing on the asteroid, then getting out of the Falcon for no reason, and then the Falcon flying out and a giant space monster almost eating them was only in the movie because George thought, you know, what would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, scene, that scene yeah. was stupid and added nothing to anything. No character development, no plot development. Okay, I'll there stop was a there. love. There's a, a love scene. <laughs> there was building of a relationship. Uh, besides I'll, trying to compare Harrison Ford's character to Anakin, Anakin that's that's weird. No, because Obi Wan was the Han Solo of the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, as far so so you don't want to put anything in a movie that doesn't build for character development or plot yeah, let's, development? Let's knock, like, we'll not knock the guy for his opinion, but he's wrong. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the complaint at the time that the movie was put out was that, uh, you know, it, it just it couldn't happen. Fast. 
Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. There wouldn't be a giant space slug, and if they were inside, the gravity and all of that shit, you know. Uh-huh. But I don't want to even Listen, go there. Listen, I did not come here for science. I came exactly. here to have a good time. I always yeah. remind Star Wars fans of Dana Gould's routine where he says, uh, your favorite movie, Star Wars, right? Uh, where 3PO says, use the communicator. I forgot. I turned it off. You're a robot. Right. <laughs> you you don't forget. get to forget. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> there's an interesting bit just, just yesterday on the new Mandalorian gallery episode where Dave mm-hmm. Filoni again breaks again. it down. Yeah. And says, you know, it's the music episode. They're talking about the score. And he just flat out says that some of us take it too literally and we make it too precious. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we make it so that nothing can be changed or altered. All right. And so Nate, just, oh. yeah. so Sorry, Nathan, Nathan. Con- Nathan continues. We, uh, we don't get any explanation for Luke finishing his training. He just shows up in Jedi. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Cool. We didn't care about that. We were 12 years old. In Rise of Skywalker, we got a Leia training sequence and a Rey training sequence, too. And anybody who bitches about transferring a lightsaber through the Force should also be pissed off that Luke used the Force to tell Leia where to pick him up, where he was hanging off a cloud city, because that is your problem with the Force. Anyway, I really liked all three of the movies. I really liked The Mandalorian. Why do people that love The Mandalorian hate Rise of Skywalker? Well, do you want the sexist reason or the... yeah. (laughs) I'm sure that's got a lot to do with it. It it well, does because the Mandalorian is about a dude who goes around and kicks ass and the only ladies in it help him out. And, well, and he's he's a faceless he's a faceless character. So it's really easy for viewers to insert themselves as that character. And mm-hmm. I think another factor being that it is made by two master craftspeople with a stable of master crafts people behind it so i think you get john favreau and dave filoni who know the craft inside and out they mm-hmm. they made a damn good series but there is a sexist component to the whole thing i well, think and, so yeah and there's a few of us out there that like both that's that's me yeah so says the guy sitting here in his mandalorian hat right yeah, yeah. right no i, like I still all? think i still think last jedi is the best of the nine and you know uh skywalker movies i still have to go back and watch rise of skywalker uh but i'm really glad it's there for people who love it (laughs) see and i i i liked it uh quite a bit but i agree 100 percent. if you ask me the the last jedi is the best one yeah well and i still number i just enjoy the fact that they got made yeah Yeah. that's another thing yeah well somebody asked me what I felt was missing from Rise of Skywalker, and it took me a while to realize that it's it's actually missing the mysticism of it all. It's mm. it's very mm-hmm. flash bang boom, and it's pretty as hell. It's gorgeously made. Yes. And if you had made a movie that was just the three leads interacting like they did in the first twenty minutes, I would have loved the movie because that yeah. first twenty minutes, it's like a thin man movie. I mean, they're just bickering and bantering and the chemistry's phenomenal and then it just kinda forgets in my opinion, where it's going. So yeah, I agree but, with you on that. Yeah. I stand by my. They did the best that they could. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're, pr- they're precious. Well, and it's, <laughs> I still have fun. It's not try. like uh, it's not like the guys who made the last two Avengers movies. I mean, those guys they they taught a master class on how to make a movie with seventy eight main characters. Exactly. And, yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, what will probably become the boring preachy part. Um, Hartley Sawyer 
Uh, oh yeah, the the elongated man from the Flash. Oh, oops. has uh, has been fired from the show yep. after a host of his tweets containing misogynist and racist references surfaced in the past week. Mm. Uh, it was before he was on the series uh, that the tweets were made. It makes uh, references to sexual assault contain racist and homophobic language. His Twitter account has been deleted. Uh, but uh, you can still see screenshots of the old posts. They've uh, they've surfaced online in the past couple of weeks. How old are they? Uh, I looked them up. They're they're between four and six years old. Okay, that's real recent. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty recent. Uh, the uh, statement from uh, the CW: uh, Hartley Sawyer will not be returning uh, for season seven of The Flash. Uh, Berlanti Productions, uh, in regards to Mr. Sawyer's posts on social media, we do not tolerate derogatory remarks that target any race, ethnicity, national origin, gender, or sexual orientation. Such remarks are antithetical to our values and policies, which strive and evolve to promote a safe and inclusive, uh, productive environment for our workforce. Uh, showrunner uh, said this morning, many of you learned that Hartley Sawyer will not be returning for season seven of The Flash concerning his uh, social media tweets. They broke my heart and made me mad as hell, and they are indicative of a larger problem in our country. Mm. Uh, he issued an apology. Uh, he said, uh, my words, irrelevant of being meant with an intent of humor, were hurtful and unacceptable. I'm ashamed. I was capable of these really horrible attempts to get attention at the time. I regret them deeply. This was not acceptable behavior. These were words I threw out at the time with no thought or recognition of the harm that my words uh, could do and have now done today. Yeah, there's some from 2012, some from 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, well there's a, An there's elongated a history of racism, sounds like. <laughs> yeah, my, I see what uh, you did there. Yeah, <laughs> my my family loves to watch like the Bon Appetit videos, right? And there's been no Bon Appetit content for over a week because their executive editor had to step down for some oh yeah, it was a shit. crazy uh, thing. Delaney's had to step. He's not stepped down, but you know something can happen with Delaney. With Delaney. The thing with Delaney is all that shit he said when he was a teenager. It was over ten years ago. Do we forgive that shit if the person seems to have moved on? Right. right. If the and person that's... is look deep within themselves. I have a friend who was a white supremacist fifteen years ago who is now actually actively involved in protesting for Black Lives Matter. Right. Uh, he's seen the error of his ways and he believes that we can change people. So how far back do we go and say, yeah, that was stupid and that was shitty. I've learned a lot. I'm ashamed of that. Um, what do we do there, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. it, it is kind of it's. It feels like a, and I hate, I hate saying this, but it's, it does kind of feel like the the cancel culture is ramping back up again, but in in the good way. And I can see how this has some bad out, you know, like some bad endings, and because I I do believe that you know, like I went to a peaceful protest where there was a a gay man who was uh, who was very. Uh, racist in his past, and he admitted, and he's same thing. He, he advocates yeah. for Black Lives Matter, and it's just be, I, I'm all for growth, you know. And and I think that's it, kind of where you see the difference between like James Gunn's situation that he had mm -hmm. and Hartley Sawyer is you saw James Gunn stuff from you know over a decade ago, and then in the last like four or five years, his his Twitter and everything has been very proactive for. Uh, you know, equal rights and 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 everything like that. Um, whereas with someone like I, with Hartley Sawyer, you didn't 
you didn't necessarily see any of that in his recent Twitter. He just stopped, mm-hmm. you know, doing what he knew was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then here we are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, there 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 definitely has to be. I agree with Lee and and uh, and Jay. There there has to be. At some point, we have to decide. You know, how long's long enough? Do they do they show remorse? You know, can you tell they've changed? Basically, it's, it's like the I feel like Jeremy... this is the climactic scene in <laughs> like uh, the... Tony's quest for the chocolate treasury. It's the Jeremy Renner parable, right? Jeremy Renner had made some sexist comments and then he said, I'm sorry if my tweets made anybody feel bad. Yeah, see, that's, that's not, not apologizing. Apology. That's not yeah, an that's, apology. That doesn't but count. I was a stupid fuck. I didn't realize where I was coming from. I didn't understand that the words I was using or that the, uh, or that the actions that I was taking were hurting people. I was coming from a place of selfishness. If that's heartfelt, it's pretty obvious, right? Right. I, exactly. I hope. You can tell. Because I would much rather save somebody and turn them to the light than just condemn them forever. Absolutely. Yeah. But on the Same. other hand, racism's got to fucking go. So yeah. absolutely, <laughs> that too, homie. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and then there's the whole J.K. Rowling thing. <sighs> she, her dumbass. Yeah. And she just I saw had to be mix. quiet. She just had to sit I there. Saw, I saw the best meme the other day that says. Man, America's divorce is getting really weird. <laughs> it's like, it said the left, the left got NASCAR and the right got J.K. Rowling's. Oh my God, NASCAR's response to that one driver oh. because they banned the Confederate flags, right? And so that one driver was like, "Well, I will no longer be driving for NASCAR." Blah blah blah. Well, and NASCAR was like, "We had to look up who you were. We had to yeah. Google you." <laughs> what the fuck? That shit the guy, is insane. The guy fucking owned himself. He's like, "They won't he let did. me fly my special flag." Yeah, <laughs> my special the Confederate flag. flag. Oh god! <laughs> it's like and somebody paired it like with uh, God. What's this? Uh, the scene in uh, Endgame where you took looked, everything from me. Thanos, you look. You took everything from me. I don't even, I don't know, even who know who you, who you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, J.K. Rowling in the middle of all the uh, protesting and and all that, she uh, decided to continue to support her transphobic views on uh, Twitter. But uh, Daniel down. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, is having none of this shit. Uh, he uh, shared a statement with the Trevor Project, which is a nonprofit uh, dedicated to LGBTQ uh, plus youth, uh, affirming his support of the trans community and offering uh, hope. Uh, he started a statement by saying, uh, this is not infighting between J.K. Rowling and myself. Uh, he says he owes much of his success to the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, rather, it's a statement of solidarity with the trans community, a rebuke of anti-trans hostility, and a renewed commitment to his work with the nonprofit, uh, the Trevor Project. Transgender women are women, he said in the statement. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional health care associates uh, associations who have far more expertise on the subject than either I or JK do. Uh, it's clear that we need what we need to do is to support transgender and non-binary people, not invalidate their identities and not cause them further harm. He also addressed uh, this, fans who feel kind of disillusioned. You know, you, you followed Harry Potter, you got tattoos, uh, and... Uh, so it gets back to that separating the art from the creator story. He says, To all the people who now feel that their experience of the books has been tarnished or diminished, 
I'm deeply sorry for the pain these comments have caused you. I really hope that you don't entirely lose what was valuable in these stories to you. If these mm. books taught you that love is the strongest force in the universe, capable of overcoming anything, if they taught you that strength is found in diversity and that dogmatic ideas of pureness lead to the oppression of vulnerable groups, if you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, uh, non or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual, if you found anything in these stories that resonated with you and helped you at that time in your life, then that is between you and the book that you read. And that's sacred. Uh, in my opinion, nobody can touch that. It means that you, it means to you what it means to you, and I hope that these comments will not taint that too much. Aww. So there you go. Oh, that was nice. An important thing for people who who did grow up with those books and found them transformational is to remember that those books were not written by a wealthy turf. They mm. were written by somebody who was poor and who had some ideas about a story about children rising up to fight oppression. And that person isn't there anymore. This is a rich, trans-excluding person who has a completely different mindset than the person who wrote those books. I mean, she... She doesn't understand that world that she wrote anymore. Right. One of the Stupid things that, now. that uh, <clears throat> has been interesting me to me to watch about this is years ago, she offended a whole bunch of the conservative fans when she said Dumbledore was gay. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's offending a whole bunch of her more liberal fans <laughs> with this kind of thing. And it's just like she doesn't learn anything along the way where she doesn't have to share her opinion on Twitter about all this stuff. You know what right. I mean? Whether, and, 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 and another thing is whether or not you disagree or agree about this kind of stuff, who cares? It's not hurting you for someone to make these decisions in their life and say, speak you know, on it yep. and spay. I'm, I get a sex transformation and say, I'm a woman now or whatever. How does that affect you? It does not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all in your personal life. So leave but them alone. Speaking out against them could lead to somebody who's already been discriminated against for their entire lives going a dangerous route. Exactly. Especially so, if that person's been your hero who wrote the books that transformed your life, who gave you hope, who gave you something to read in the middle of the night when you had a shitty life because your parents didn't understand that you were different than what they raised you to be and that you're looking for that. Here's Harry Potter, right? He is literally a stand-in for anybody who's been oppressed or disenfranchised. Yep, anybody yep. who grows up reading that can say, Harry can make it, I can make it. And right. then you grow up, and the person who wrote that says, I just don't understand why you're not happy with the gender you were assigned at birth. Right, and and, and that, what I'm saying is uh, it doesn't apply in that direction. Of course no. that would hurt to, to see right. that happen. But if you're someone that feels like you need to tell the world, well, you're not actually a girl, you're not actually a guy, or whatever. Just shut up. Just shut up. Don't be a dick. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's your fucking business. That's, that's, that's my advice to everyone Just out there that feels like dick. this. Well, shut up and don't be a dick. No, like the, the whole world would be such a better place if – Everybody didn't blurt out everything that's in their fucking head yeah. all the time anymore. Yeah. And, oh, hey, here's another idea. Why don't you mind your own fucking business? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gang. Yeah. It just doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't affect you in any way. So just, yeah, don't be a dick is the best advice, I think. Ha! <laughs> um, <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, we're going to move on to games, but I have, I, I don't know if you have this information, Tony. 
Um, but I'm I'm very excited about this PlayStation Five. Oh man, I got so much PS Five information. It was a big day yesterday. <sighs> Doesn't it? <clears throat> well, let me it let should... me go ahead, Jay. It just looks like a. Like honestly, the PS5 looks like a character in Overwatch. It, 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 <laughs> well, look, it, it looks like a decapitated head from a robot in Overwatch. Yeah, and that's the thing is, there's you know there's a, there's a lot of two there's two camps on this online. Well, there's three. There's people that don't care. There's people that think it looks awesome, and there's people that think it looks stupid. The console <laughs> itself, the physical aspect yeah. of it, and uh, they said specifically, we built this <laughs> to make it look good on your shelf for the next you know generation of the console it doesn't need to be just a little box shoved in the corner it can look cool and mm-hmm. i agree i think it looked pretty cool well the uh the thing i wanted <laughs> so to talk adorable. about before we get to the specs and everything um was this article i found uh i think it was in the hollywood reporter about uh the buzz over the new spider-man game oh yeah miles morales spider-man it's, game. It's that called, looks so good yeah it's called miles morales Sp- uh, spider-man miles morales uh, and uh, everybody thought it was going to be a sequel to the uh, uh, the game that was uh, for PS4, but this is a different game. This is its own game. Yep. And uh, one of the top uh, trends on Twitter uh, yesterday, as we were recording this, uh, following the presentation, Miles Morales's popularity is quite remarkable. Exactly. Uh, the character has emerged as one of the comic industry's greatest success stories, especially when you consider the fact that he's been around less than a decade. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, new comic characters often have a difficult time catching on, especially in terms of attracting the interest of non-comic readers. This is, and, and it gives the example, even Harley Quinn and Deadpool, who are fixtures in pop culture now, took much more than a decade to really break out among a general audience. Yep. And a large, you know, a part of that can be the movies. But Miles has yet to make his live action debut. But he's had a meteoric rise, uh, even for a legacy character, as, as evidenced by his appearances in the in the series. Uh, of course, uh, he was in the Insomniac game. Uh, he was in, a, you know, sort of in Spider-Man: Homecoming, a starring role uh, in uh, Into the Spider-Verse, of course, which uh, has begun production on a sequel this week. But uh, the the Ultimate Universe, and it goes on to explain why the timing has just been so great for the character of Miles Morales. The Ultimate Universe gave Miles creators the opportunity to to define Miles on his own terms and establish, establish characterization unique from Peter Parker's. Yeah. Plus, Peter was there. Right. Uh, so uh, it, it's just fascinating. But uh, And, and the, the article concludes, and I agree, there's an inherent joy to the fact that uh, black and brown kids not only have a Spider-Man who looks like them, but they'll soon be able to play as him. And uh, there's no understanding how meaningful that is in a video game landscape that hasn't quite broken down all of its racial barriers. Uh, so there you go. I, I, it, I'm looks, for- it looks really good. Um, they haven't, they, they've only shown a little bit of gameplay, but mm-hmm. it looks like it plays a lot like the Spider-Man game that came out for PS4 a couple years ago. And that, mm-hmm. game, that game is outstanding. It is, it is an excellent game, and it's the same dev team that made that game. So come, it's supposed to come out holiday, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and I can't wait for it. I, I as they they led that was the first game they showed in the presentation, and mm-hmm. I watched the the trailer for it, and I was like, well, buying a PS five now, mm-hmm. same, <laughs> and it was as simple as that. <laughs> the dev, uh, what do we? The dev team that spent time on his edge up and his haircut is like that fade that he has is, it's, <laughs> it's, it's that's like. 
I, w- I was so excited that we were getting Miles Morales, but then once I saw his fade, I was like, yo, <laughs> technology. The future hey. is now. Jay. Yes, sir. What, what did that ghost do to you? Who are you fighting? I'm just shadow boxing, man. So, like, honestly, honestly, Miles Morales gets to be hype. As soon as y'all brought him up, I was like, I got to start boxing. Uh, yeah, and I they showed the they, oh, Go ahead. I love the point in every episode where Jay's ADD kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> it only sits still for so long. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> well, Jeff walked in while I was boxing. All right. Do you have any more PS, PS5 news, Carrie? That's all I have. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, they showed off the PS5. Um, they, they'd leaked, uh, not leaked, but they'd announced specs a while back. Uh, those didn't change. The, the specs are pretty much set in stone. You're looking at uh, roughly four times more powerful than the PlayStation 4. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a powerhouse. Uh, like we talked before, it it's got a unique design on the outside. It's got it's kind of wavy and futuristic looking. It's a big it's a big box. Um, I can't believe we're already to 5. Yeah, I mean, can I, you believe I, that? I have bought every generation of PlayStation all the way back to 1 and mm-hmm. uh, I started I, at 2 myself and yeah, I've had every I one. I started since at 1. Then. I and, uh, I've never had to replace any of them. Like they've all really? made it. Oh yeah, really? purchase purchase dates. The next generation never oh. had to replace oh, a single you, one. You're a lucky man because the PS3 had a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, PS3 was a short period of time though, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was uh, that was. Oh no, no, you're right. My PS3 did die. I was gonna say okay. uh, there was a yeah. lot of people that had PS3. Mine did problems. too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, the PS5 uh, they showed off probably 25 different titles in that uh, presentation. And uh, a lot of them looked really cool. They showed off a good amount of indie dev games. Uh, they showed off a, a bunch of AAA style uh, Man, I games. Hope Skyrim looks good on it. Uh, well, funny you should say uh, they the the second thing they showed. No, no, no. The first thing they showed was the second game they showed was uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. The first game they showed was a. They showed a Rockstar logo, and everyone was like, "Oh man!" And then they showed some Grand Theft Auto footage, and everyone was like, oh, GTA 6, oh, man. And then they showed that it's characters from GTA 5, and basically just that they're bringing up GTA 5 for the PlayStation 5. So that means you will have been able to play GTA 5 on Xbox 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4, and now (laughs) Xbox Series X and PS5. They just keep bringing it up, because it has a big online component that they keep updating, so... I mean, it's it's still fun for a lot of people that that, that played out there. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, the other games that they showed off that looked really really cool was Resident Evil Eight. Uh, yeah, no. it looked no. it looked awesome. <laughs> no. And then uh, there's a couple of new new IPs that I don't remember the name of. Oh, one of them, Death Loop. Death Loop looked really cool. Uh, you That's play a serial, right? <laughs> Death Loops. Start your uh, day the murder way. <laughs> That's a perfect motto. Uh, in Deathloop, it looks like a grindhouse style, uh, uh, like human uh, man is the hardest animal to hunt kind of a movie. The most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. Yes, thank you. You play this <laughs> or the character. Most delicious game. You play this character who goes along, and uh, you have these abilities like uh, teleportation, things like that. Also, a bunch of cool guns, and you're on this island, I guess, and everyone on the island is trying to kill you. But every time you die, you start the day over. 
Oh, so it's and like Battle so, Royale and Groundhog Day had a baby. Kind of, yeah. And and it I'd, looks I'd play that. It looks really <laughs> cool. It's it's made by the uh, development team Arcane Studios and they're the ones that brought us uh, the Dishonored games, really good games and uh, Prey. Excellent, excellent game. So I think that one's going to be really good. And then the last one I wanted to mention is they showed off a uh, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which if nice. you played Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4, that is a phenomenal game. And this one's called like Horizon uh, Journey West or Into the West or mm. something like that. So um, it's getting the next-gen treatment. It looks phenomenal. You're still playing as Aloy, which was a really, really cool protagonist, uh, you're the protagonist from the first game. Uh, she and her uh, mechanical dinosaur buddies and enemies. Oh man, that that game! I love that game, and I'm super That's excited for the next one. So That's cool. anyway, PS5 reveal was really cool. A lot of good stuff to look forward to there. All right, uh, any games this week, or should we move on to what we're recommending? Uh, let me check real quick. I'm I'm pretty sure that. Uh, oh wait, no, yeah, this week uh, actually does have a big game coming out. Uh, the Last of Us. Two. Oh, is that this week? Is the nineteenth this week? Yeah. Nice. Dang. It looks. It it looks wow. bonkers. Um, if you go check out the reviews right now, it has a ninety-six percent on Metacritic with like ninety reviews, which is one of the highest reviewed games of all time at this point. Wow. And uh, yeah, it just looks amazing. Uh, if you liked the first game, you're probably going to like this one. I have read several places that it is quite dark and and the first one was so uplifting yeah this (laughs) one's even darker and more depressing wow yeah okay so keep that yeah keep that in mind um but i'm super excited i'm gonna play that one uh, as soon as it comes out next week uh Uh, yeah tabletop's got some cool things going on Uh, i know it doesn't sound like a tabletop thing but elgu just released the specs on the elgu saturn which is their next generation resin printer it has a much bigger print bed than what I have, which is Elgu Mars. So um, if you've been waiting for something that can make uh, more miniatures faster. But there's a company um, that's putting out a game called Bloodfields. It is the first home-printed tabletop game. So you print the miniatures, you print the cards, wow. you print the rule book, everything. And uh, you can get the whole game for like 30 bucks if you have a, a resin printer at home and uh, a home printer. You can actually just print the whole game off for 30 bucks. And if you've played any tabletop games, you realize, oh, wait a second, you know, over 70 miniatures for $30 is quite a deal. So nice. Uh, it's Bloodfields by Titan Forge Games. And I think this is kind of the future, sadly, for people who own game stores. Um, I think this might be the future of, of the tabletop game industry. Yeah, probably. Or at least some element of it. All right. Uh, any uh, Rebecca, any movies that uh, you can review? Uh, Did you watch <laughs> Artemis Fowl? No. No, I've been watching that dog show on Disney+. Plus. I've been watching that dog show and um, The Great on Hulu, which well, is... That, that, uh, it's I heard fantastic. that's great. It's, it's fantastic. so good. And I, am, I'm a, uh, I love knowing what actually happened. So I watched a video about actual Catherine the Great. um, (laughs) And the show takes some serious liberties and is definitely, definitely fictional, but it's so good. It's like the tutors. I'm like, and it's, it's profane and just wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I watched the uh, King of Staten Island last night. Oh, Oh, how is it? Uh, I really liked. Now I'm a huge mark for Judd Apatow. 
Right, I like his stuff a lot. Oh, um, I actually have a friend who, he was the art director on that movie. Really? Yeah. Um, I really, Pete Davidson was really good. If you, and it's, I guess it's a sort of semi-autobiographical film about Pete's yeah, life. A little bit. Um, yeah, and he's like, so he's this guy that's got some mental issues and his uh, dad died, uh, he was a fireman, died in a fire when he was seven. And he's kind of just been a fuck up ever since, you know? And um, his mom. Wait, so, played... so in the movie, his dad died in a fire? Because mm-hmm. in yeah. real life, his dad was one of the firefighters that died on 9 yeah. 11. Yeah. So, oh, like, wow. the, so, like, the loss. Uh, he, so, he. I was listening to this interview with Judd Apatow, and he, you know, Pete Davidson had to balance the loss of his father also coinciding with this huge national tragedy and, yeah. like, how that mm. shaped him. Right. And so he's still like living with his mom when he's like 25, <laughs> just smokes dope all day. And uh, his mom is Marissa Tomei. And she starts dating a, f- a firefighter who's played by Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's just, you know, Judd Apatow. It's sweet, touching, hilarious, profane. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, too long. Great. No, <laughs> I did not. I did not feel like it was too long. Okay. Because uh, he, he he has that problem. He yeah. can't make a movie under two hours. Yeah. Um, but maybe I, because we kept pausing it because we were watching it on demand. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. It, like, uh, but I really really liked it. Um, it's good. I don't know what else to say. All right. Check it out. Anybody else have anything? I watched. Uh, oh, Jay, you had your hand up first. Go for it. Uh, I was just wanted to. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone is at least is well aware that it happened. But um, Dave Chappelle's new special, Ooh. yep. Um, Ooh. It, it's it's not necessarily funny, but it's just so raw, and um, it's like uh, the best way I could describe it is uh, it's like Nanette for black people. It's uh, <laughs> Hannah Gatsby's Nanette <laughs> for black people. Good. That's very good. That's very good. Well, I wouldn't yeah. even call it a comedy special. It's more like a testimony. Yeah, yeah and. Yeah. Um, uh, he says one of the most poignant things in there that I've ever heard and about uh, black heroes that I is a I, I won't I won't spoil it for you. I think everyone should take 27 minutes of your life mm-hmm. yeah. and watch it because um, anyone that can that's uh, if whether you're a person of color, whether you're an ally, if you if you're definitely an ally, please watch this because it, it is it is something it's a. It's a it's a study on 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 black America's psyche, how we see how we view this, how we see this, how the, this does shape our heroes. And I am a firm. What he said about heroes is is like everything to be. So, oh, God. So, so and, powerful. And, Please watch it. And it's free. It's free on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. 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 It's out there. It's mandatory. There's no reason not to watch it. Mandatory viewing, if you ask me. I watched me. it yesterday, and uh, I, yeah, everybody on, needs to hear this. I was on Mimicry. YouTube. I was on Mimicry. YouTube on uh, it would have been yeah yesterday morning, and and uh, it it served me up uh, Dave Chappelle uh, thing from about a month ago where he talks about why he quit doing the Dave Chappelle show, and that was really interesting because he talks yep. about uh, he compares it to a, a book. I can't remember the name of the book, but it's, a, it's oh, it's uh, called Pimp. Iceberg Slim. And it's about Pimp Iceberg Slim. Pimp by yeah. Iceberg Slim. And, uh, and then after that, it served me up uh, eight, 846. That's what this special is called, right? 
eight eight yeah. minutes yeah. forty six and and it just served it up next and I was just like holy cow like I, I had no idea what it was going into it I was just like oh some more Dave Chappelle stuff and it it blew my mind it, it's then, so it's I, so raw and real that you forget that he's wearing that shirt and right <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah was it the shirt or was he wearing it, it was, like it was, uh, the, pants. it was the really poofy pants too like it was it, it was yeah it, it was just an interesting outfit yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah. And then I put it up in Messenger after I watched it in our Jarvis. I'm like, hey, guys, look at this. And then I get on Twitter, and it's like, oh, Jay tweeted about this six hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, geez. I woke up. I woke up. I wake up at 5.30 almost every morning, and I'm on East Coast time. So That's true. You're two hours ahead. And I watched it right before I went to work. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I just want to say uh, I watched Uncut Gems on your guys' recommendation. <laughs> oh, How you feeling? That was an anxiety-filled two hours. Holy cow. <laughs> My wife, after we got done watching, she was like, she's like, we need to watch something funny because I can't go to sleep after that. <laughs> that Tony, one, are, you, are you caught up on Star, uh, Star Girl? Heck yeah, dude. Awesome. Yeah! Awesome yeah! stuff. And then uh, I, I, I watched the first season of Rami on Hulu. That's good. You guys need to check out Rami. What yeah, is it? it's popped up. It's popped up on my recommended. It's How you spell it? R A M Y, and right. uh, yeah. it's about this this guy Rami. I forget his last name, but it's kind of a coming of age, a little bit uh, personal growth kind of a comedy show. But it's got quite a bit of uh, you know personal drama in it and stuff. Just really interesting. He's an Egyptian. He's from his first generation. Uh, immigrant from Egypt and he's Muslim and it's it's really interesting an interesting show and, and it's got a lot of funny stuff in it too so anyway all right well let's uh, wrap it up then Shannon please uh, uh, Ham Ham leave Bo Derek alone. <laughs> <laughs>